Welcome to Alain's Blogcast, episode 13. Um, we're still wholly without music, and we're still doing this while sitting under a towel in my living room with the air conditioning off, so it's really, really hot. But I don't have a proper studio, um, and haven't yet really looked into setting up a simple home studio. But so we're just going to call any car horns you hear going off or skateboarders or cats meowing. We're just going to call that color, local color. And forgive me. <laughs> All right. The last audio blog post I posted was on April 30th. And my intention when I started this was to do an audio post alongside every blog post as they came out. But over the month of April, I wrote a number of poems and for whatever reason, I felt very insecure sharing them, like reading them aloud on this podcast, which is actually pretty ridiculous because I publish them publicly, I share them on Twitter and Instagram, I read them live on stage in front of strangers uh, into a microphone several times a year, but for whatever reason, it just felt very, I feel very vulnerable reading them on this podcast episode. But I've decided that I need to do it. I need to get over that hump. Um, I'm a poet, and um, we all know it. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is where we're at. I'm going to read you a whole bunch of poetry. We're going to get this out of the way. And then this podcast can get on with its regularly scheduled programming. So if you're not into hearing poetry, you can just get out now. Or you can just hang out to listen to the dulcet tones of my voice. <laughs> First poem is called Logarithmic Speed Trap. This is the small space I occupy. Two square inches where my ear presses to the phone while I tell you happy birthday. Golden hour cuts through the blinds to trace itself along the bed while you tell me about how time is a logarithmic speed trap. You won't even see it coming at you, you say. Our conversations hover over funeral plots. Poem number two is called What the Heart Forgets, the Spirit Will Return. And this one I actually really like. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. This is cliche. It's all cliche. But no matter. It's still a frothy magic my body swells out of this metric heart and these rank bowels. This hungry mouth and these fingertips itching to find the parts of you I've neglected. I've missed you. The low light of winter rushed early through my ribcage, carrying away everything I thought mine. I've been an empty warehouse. I've wandered along the perimeter, hearing only the echoes of my own breathing. I've gathered dust. How could this be my home? I've missed you. But today the light started up again. When evening came buttery golden, it crossed all the western sills and touched the table, my cup, the clothing iron, a cat's dish, and then I saw it touching me, my skin glowing under a warm band of light. And I remembered. I had forgotten to be here. But there was this light brushing my skin, saying, Wake up, wake up, wake up like it knew, too, that I had been sleeping since the sun first swung too low that last day in October. 
The sun woke me up. I drank it in. I am its cup. Even if I forget myself, there is no forgetting. I was told by someone once, what the mind forgets, the heart remembers. To which I now add, what the heart forgets, the spirit will return. I've lost my faith every winter for no less than forty years, and so gently that it's nearly missed, the world returns itself to me again and again and again. Wake up, wake up, wake up, it says. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. All right. The third poem I wrote in April is called The Mean Beat. The heart is big and wet and terrible, singular. It thumps a mean beat. It says yes until there's only no. Its despotic race from the leap with fear to sleep's plodding pace leaves little room for affection. Its primacy is consuming. There needs to be two, a fail-safe, a backup, a promise to leave me be. The fourth is called We're Well Trained. A mass of ice broke off the Antarctic today. It was four times the size of London, a quarter the size of Wales, the size of Delaware. It weighs a trillion tons and floats there where it broke, anchored or indecisive, we don't know. Where could it go? Everywhere lies threats these days, if the news agencies are to be believed. My stomach remembered its tired, dull stone, aching as an old bruise prodded by a familiar hand. I read about the doomsday clock in 1984, ticking its way to midnight. My nights were a hope desert, swallowed into mushroom clouds magicked from Reagan's waxy fingers. And here we are again, the familiar drum of the world's end coming by broken shelves of ice and nuclear winters and white men who can't stop hoarding more of what they won't ever even see. We let them broadcast through our cameras while we grieve what they're taking. We expect the lies. It's all so much like the men who told us to be quiet while they did their work when we were children. The ones who assumed agency and power were not ours. The ones who let us touch their tools if we showed a deferential gratitude for them. We know how to hate them. It's as easy as concealing our disgust when they place those entitled hands on the smalls of our backs. We're well trained. We whisper and pretend we've got them licked but we never did know how to fix our fathers. The fifth is called Remembering Thresholds. I woke with regret, a first, remembering all the thresholds from which I'd watched others and never crossed. Now, my original intent uh, throughout the month of April is that it was National Poetry Writing Month, I think in the States, but, you know, I'm in Canada, it's fine. And uh, I was going to publish one poem for every day of the month of April. And I think I managed to do that until about the 12th. So we're about halfway through at this point, just to let you know. <laughs> the sixth poem in April was called The Unwieldy Burden. We sink. We settle, we wait forward, heft slowly low with bended knees and cantilevered back. Blind works an unwieldy burden, sleep a privilege, love an inconstant boom, imagined beyond the door. The seventh poem is called A Disappearing Fire. 
We're lost and found, present, witnessed, the brilliant flash of one fish in a circling pool under just the right beam, a disappearing fire. Continuing on this fish theme for some reason, the eighth poem is called The Fish Whipped Silver. The fish whipped silver through the water in the moment before the drum thud of wood. Sudden cold water at my feet broke the placid silence of currents and pale light. April 9th was The Air Runs Through Everything. Crows call through pines, clarified in the cold blue of morning. An old wool war, an old wool war blanket scrapes these knuckles that pull it tighter across my shoulders. The crack of bacon grease will end this soon enough. The air runs through everything. The tenth poem is called This Desert. I thought I heard thunder, and then I smelled rain. I ran to the window before I realized my husband had the shower running. Winter starved me dry, and now we are in a dry spring. They warn of prairie fires, and I walked by cracked circles of dirt today, hollowed out patches where nothing will green. Even my lips are dry. When I wake up in the morning, I pull long strips of skin from them, line them up on the, my sheets, and poke them once they've dried to crisps. This desert claims us for itself. No, this is a pretty lie, but it feels true. It's crawled up through my cracked heels, over stretch marks itching with movement, out to the brittle ends of my hair. I'm already in those cracked circles of dirt. I can feel the eyes down there watching me, waiting patiently while I toe the soil with my boot. It knows me already. It's just waiting for me to say hello. On the 13th of April, I wrote, This love is a hyperlocation. And this one was about sitting and listening to our new dishwasher with our kitty, Oscar. We sit inside the flannel-soft whoosh of the new dishwasher's first run. We feel rich here, even on the floor where I pick at crumbs along the drawers, your paws folded into my lap. Located outside myself, I most often travel a lost map as if through Alice's mirror. But this love is a hyperlocation, a hereness that cannot be won but found a rare mushroom in the woods. Your old furry chest beats against my palm. And on the 27th of April, I had sort of a jump of a couple of weeks where I didn't write any poetry. And on the 27th of April, I wrote, drawing up plans like war is coming. I got up, tired as heavy mud, and knew nothing, dragging that coffee from the pot like it could save me. Spring me forward, and I grab them by the balls leap they make you think you gotta take to grab them by the balls. But you don't. Sometimes you can sleep in, be real quiet, nose around a late breakfast of yesterday's soup and peanut butter toast, and get them from behind where they aren't even looking as they spring forward to grab them. Now I'm smiling over coffee and drawing up plans like war's coming, because you can't get what you can't see. I draw it up in chicken scratch like all good history's beginnings first grin. And that's it. That is all the poetry from April. I read that with a few errors in one go. So kudos to me for um, not burping or 
encountering some major missteps along the way. And uh, that's it. My my weird slate of shame and embarrassment and guilt is clean. So from here on in, um, there will be... Well, I'm going to catch up with a few blog posts I've written in between the end of April and now. But aside from that, we can soon return to the regularly scheduled audio posts being published alongside my text blog posts as originally intended. So thank you for listening these almost 13 minutes. And I'm signing off. Have a great day, evening, morning, commute, falling asleep.